How's it going, guys? This is Joe Sambo. You're about to listen to the Bradley House podcast. Hey guys, welcome back. Come on in, make yourself at home, as you should when you're a guest in Bradley's house. I'm your co-host, Jared Orr. She is the executive director of the Knoll Family Foundation and our host, Ms. Kelly Noel. Kelly, how you doing today? I'm doing really great. How are you, Jared? I'd say it all the time. If I was, if I was any better, I'd be jealous of myself, Kelly. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm here living the dream. We've got another awesome... <laughs> I'm living somebody's dream. I don't know if this is my dream, but there's somebody out there that would take this. I can assure you. I guarantee. Yes. You are a lucky man. Yeah, I certainly am. And uh, I'm excited because we've got another awesome episode of Bradley's House to bring to all of our listeners. Guys, thank you so much for joining us again. Um, The support, the shares, all of the comments, we're getting them all and we certainly appreciate it. Kelly, I am super excited about another episode. Why don't you tell everybody who today's house guest is? Today we have someone who's not only a talented musician, a really great businessman, but I also consider him a friend and I feel very fortunate. From the Latino reggae rock group from Phoenix, Arizona, we have Gabo from Fayuca. Welcome, Gabo. Hey guys, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So excited. And thank you for your patience while we got all the kinks worked out at the beginning of this episode. Oh no, it was entertaining. It was fun. It was a good icebreaker. (laughs) I felt like you guys were doing it on purpose just to get me loose and talking. Well, I'm glad we could serve a purpose. Yeah. Rarely a dull moment here. That's true. Yeah, right, right. We do laugh a lot, and I appreciate that. No. So, how are you? How are your kids? I don't. I haven't seen you in so long because of the pandemic. Uh, we're doing great. Um, you know, kind of bittersweet. The pandemic got us off the road for a while, and yeah. At first, it was like, oh, what am I going to do with my life? But then I realized that I have, I had a year and a half of just hanging out with my kids and it was awesome Mm. the most rewarding i guess like you know that's a way of kind of seeing the bright side of things right i just uh spent a lot of time with the kids because they're doing great we uh we got into a good groove now and uh just with me being home for a whole year and a half and it's been awesome it's been a great time that's wonderful you know i hear that more and more and i think that's such a great thing because we do all lead busy lives and a lot of times we don't spend the time that we later wish we would have with people that are important to us. And I think if anything, that's one thing that the pandemic really showed a lot of us is that that time is so important, you know? Yeah. Well, definitely. Well, I mean, you get into this groove of going on the road, coming home, writing a song, going on the road, coming home, writing a song, Mm -hmm. releasing a record. And um, as much as, you know, I love my kids and we spend a lot of time together, uh, having them from sunup to sundown, I realized that I spend most of my time cleaning the kitchen <laughs> and then cooking and that's pretty much all we do is just cook and clean all day right. i that's love it, it. Kelly. i love my life <laughs> that's awesome how old are they now the boys uh, i have a two-year-old and a five-year-old wow oh you're a fibber you do not love your life fibber <laughs> fibber fibber it's okay you love your life like 85 percent of the time that's an acceptable answer but <laughs> i've had children both of those ages and you're full of shit <laughs> Um, 
So my kid, my five-year-old lately, he's getting like every day he'll ask me, hey, dad, how does it feel having a son? Or how does it feel having kids? And I tell him, you know what, baby? It's the most rewarding thing in my life. I love it. Mm. But this is after like, you know, the little one just had like a breakdown. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) When he was potty training, it was the the most annoying thing. But but you got to like clap and high five because he would just pull his pants down and poop in the kitchen floor. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And then he'd come up like, papa, papa, like super proud because he didn't poop in his pants. I'm like... Oh, baby, great job. High five. Wow. <laughs> Let's move it to the toilet, though. Come on. <laughs> it's a real yeah, test well, of your patience. I love my life, Jerry. I love my life. <laughs> when my, my 12-year-old asked me uh, when he was like nine uh, what it was like being married, and I said, um, you know, all the toys that you have? And he said, yeah. And I said, throw all of them away except for one. And that's- <laughs> oh, my gosh, Jared. <laughs> That's what that's what that's like, and uh, <laughs> oh no, I'm only I, I'm I'm only half kidding. I will say the potty training age is a lot of fun because uh, you know, like I had three boys, so the way that I potty trained them was like, oh, it's time to go potty. Come on, look, this is what you do. This is what daddy does. And then it got to the point where, like, after I peed, I was receiving a round of applause. <laughs> oh, yay, daddy, you did it! And I'm like, you're fucking right, I did it. You know what? <laughs> And uh, it really, it makes you feel good about yourself. I don't know when the last time I got a round of applause for peeing was, but I, I would then get them regularly. So and now, now that they're potty trained and like I come out of the bathroom and, and nothing. So it's it, that, it's a cherish that time. Right. Yeah. No, you know, this potty train thing is kind of like a catch 22 because you want to be potty trained because you're tired of changing diapers, but then they get potty trained and then you hear the call from the bathroom, you know, yes. I'm done. And then you're like, oh, I got to stop everything I'm doing and go wipe a butt and then try to get yeah. back into focus mode, you know? So it's, yeah. it's this weird, you know, double-edged sword, but yeah, I love my life. Yeah, my kids, for some reason, <laughs> like to maintain eye contact while I was wiping their asses. Yeah. It was like... <laughs> It's so much worse. Just like, okay, do this now. Let's go. And I'm like, turn away. Don't look. Look at the ground. This is, yeah. So it's, All right. you know. Enough poop yeah. talk. All right. So the last time I saw you, Kava, was at Arizona Roots 2020. It was February 2020. The last, wasn't the last show that we, the foundation had, but it was our last festival. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was a, a good one to go out on. That was a fun show. It was really great. Fayuka was awesome. The next day before we went home, we had breakfast with you and the guys. It was just a really great right. time. I took it to my favorite fun. place, Matt's Big Breakfast. Yes, that was so, a great place. If anybody's ever in Phoenix, go to that place. It's delicious. Um, yeah, yeah it was cool. prepared for a wait, though. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. it was like, my wait. Don't come All in the, the summer. Places. Yeah, right. <laughs> but we, um, that Arizona Roots Festival was awesome. It was great to like finally have... A festival like that you know um yeah. you know we, we've had our, our our series of like you know reggae festivals lucky man they're a promoter out here that they do a lot of really cool festivals but to have like the california roots kind of you know team come out here and, and right. put something together here for us because they've you know they're an ineffable group and, and just pretty much a lot of those bands out there they've, they've really created like a solid community um, sure. and to have that now in arizona was awesome it's unfortunate the pandemic hit right after that and we didn't have one last year and I'm not sure if they plan on coming back, but um, but it was cool to be a band from Phoenix uh, watching 
the festivals that they put on, you know, on the West Coast, and then finally having one here in our hometown, I, I thought it was yeah. a great, a great concept, yeah. and and it was it was well thought out and well put together. They always do such a good job with their festivals too. It's really a joy to work with them. Great people. Yeah. And at Cali Roots, when was the last Cali Roots? Now I guess that was twenty nineteen. You did an acoustic set at our booth, which I hope you will always do. No pressure, but it oh, <laughs> was great. Absolutely loved it. And you're just, you're a very talented musician. And I always think that anybody who can just grab a guitar and sit and play and sing, you know, if you can do that, you, you've got a, a good career ahead of you. Cause a lot of people, you know, they can do the big shows, but then when it's just them all by themselves, it seems a little lacking, you know, when they don't have all the band around them, but um, you just have one of those voices that's very, um, it's very full, and and I love hearing you sing. Yeah, I think when so, we, uh, oh, go on. No, 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 no. Just when we when we started the band when we were kids, we um, we didn't have all the technology that we have now. You know, or, yeah. or, or at least we didn't know how to do. We didn't have the knowledge, so like backing tracks, and we didn't know that we could bring on other musicians. We were just a three piece, and. Yeah. We're like, man, I wish we had horns, but we never thought about reaching out to a horn player to like play horns for us, you know? Yeah. Um, so we learned very, very young to just be able to do everything stripped down. And it just kind of, you know, the songs start with an acoustic guitar, you know, with your friends. And sure. if it doesn't sound amazing with just an acoustic guitar, then it probably is not going to sound amazing on a record. Yeah. Um, so whenever we did, whenever I did that acoustic thing at Cali Roots at your tent, it's, it's, it's like I'm just kind of in my element, just what I'm used to. I'm I'm getting used to now this whole full sound of like a full band with percussions and keyboards and stuff mm. that I'm like, that's new to me, you know. I don't know how to make that sound great, but just grab a guitar and play in front of people at a you know, at at a festival, you know, it's put me in rally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Do you do most of the songwriting? Um we do it collectively. We have we have a, f- a friend who produce who's producing our music. Um, we it's me, the horn player, Danny. I think you you met Captain Squeegee before, right? Yes, he, yes. he plays the bassfish also. So it's uh, me, Matt Keller, the producer, Danny, and Dave, which is my bass player. We've been writing a lot of the songs uh, on the last two records that we just that we've been writing, but uh, before that. You know, the whole band would get together in a practice studio and write everything together. But our process has changed now where we just, you know, four songwriters in a room. We lock ourselves up for 16 hours and just write as much as we possibly can. Really? You know, it's awesome because it goes by so much quicker. You don't have eight guys throwing around ideas and beating on drums, you know, when you can't think. It's more just like very quiet. We try to hone in on what the emotion of the song should be like what are we feeling what are we going through what do we want to say and then we're able to like pause and actually analyze like okay are these the right words that i want to say or am i just throwing mm-hmm. words on a notebook you know yeah so that's the writing process now do you usually write about things that are happening to you or um, like where do you get your material oh man up until now you know this one girl help me write five records you know <laughs> but you know i just i had a lot to say about that time in my life right. and sometimes you know five years later i was still singing about the same thing on these this last record that we, we just finished writing um it the pandemic had a lot to do with 
hitting that, you know, I was able to hit the reset button mm. and think about a lot of the things, you know, that have gone on in my life. What are the things that I don't want to talk about anymore that aren't important to me anymore? Mm-hmm. Uh, who are the people I want to be surrounded with? Um, and what does my life look like moving on? You know, now that I had, I've had this time to like reflect on the last 10 years. Right. Right. So this new record is definitely a lot about stuff going on in my life now um, where you're able to see things now from like a, a different perspective. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's a lot of like the, a lot of the songs are very reflective, you know, like uh, yeah. reflecting on, on the, the, where I was then to where I am now. So I would say with, with this, this new record, a lot of it is about what's going on in our world, you know, as like mm-hmm. individuals in the band. But in the past, it was always about just a, a breakup that, that, that <laughs> tore me apart and made me become a songwriter. Yeah, that's good fodder for, for lyrics, that's for sure. Um, yeah. Does it get hard then, like years later, you still, you know, people still want to hear the songs and it's about something that happened so long ago and you have to keep rehashing it. Does that make it difficult to get over? No, no. Um, my passion is performing and, and the mm-hmm. connection with the with people, you know, we could have a festival with several thousand people in front of us or a little dive bar and on the East coast with 20 people at the bar, they don't care who, who the hell we are, you know? Mm. And, um, I, I still sing with the same passion and the same conviction. Cause I, I'm yeah. just, I'm really, I'm more excited about performing the shows because of that connection with the people. So if they want to hear yeah. Maria Elena, then we'll sing Maria Elena I'll sing it with all my soul because I, I love, you know, my songs and the people who listen to them. That's awesome. It definitely comes through in your performances. That's for sure. Thank you. So you said like with the pandemic, obviously gave you more time with your kids and um, you've been writing when, when things first shut down how did you respond? Like what, did you immediately just go into this mode shift or did it take you a while to kind of figure things out? It kind of took me a while. I was going through a lot of changes in my life. Um, I went through like a nasty divorce right mm, in the beginning of the pandemic. No, it's, oh, it's needed to happen, Kelly. <laughs> yeah. it, 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 I think it's a, hey, congratulations moment. Yeah, I but, know how that's um, go. So it was kind of, it was a little bit challenging because I found myself without the band, you know, working the way that we were mm-hmm. uh, in the middle of the pandemic, going through this separation, trying to figure out, you know, what does life look like now as a single parent with, with my kids and- right. Uh, do I continue the music thing? It was it was going great before, but is anything going to change now? You know, since this whole new life that we're all living with this pandemic thing. So it took me a while. I think for a while I was a little bit frozen. I didn't really know what to do. I wasn't posting on social media. I was just trying to gather gather things together, and yeah, and which is another another thing that I think the pandemic was kind of a blessing because the separation was going to happen either way. It just happened to happen when. The pandemic happened right then um, yeah. but um it took me a little, it took me a little bit to just just kind of like get focused again because there was so many other things that i needed to uh, i needed to, i guess basically like rebuild my foundation mm-hmm. before i could even think about dragging other musicians into this you know life of going into the studio and writing a you know a record like i, I needed right. to be uh strong enough myself so that i could you know navigate through what it is to have a band right so there was a good you know six months 
six to 12 months where it was kind of like slow. And then, and then once I just kind of got my, got into the groove with my kids and they're fine, they're happy. And, and, you know, just kind of figured out what life looks like now, you know, after this big change, um, then it was like a switch. Then it was like, okay, hit the ground running. Here we go. You yeah. know, write music, get the guys together, put together the best record that we possibly can book some killer shows for when, whenever we can. And, um, and then now I think we're just back to just where we were before the pandemic. That's great. You know, in some ways, maybe it was a blessing because you didn't have your work to really escape into and not have to, you know, learn the new, the new normal for you and your boys, you know, you just kind of, you had to focus on that and had to figure it out and, and make it work. And so hopefully in the long run, that was the best thing for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. I'm I'm happy. I mean, it's been, it's been several years now. I'm happy that the band is where it is, where we, I wish that I could just share all this new music with you. I, I think what what's, mm. what keeps me excited is just that the, the new record just sounds, it, there's songs that I, I always wish that we could write, wow. but never really had the time to write because we were always on tour. Yeah. So to be able to lock ourselves in a studio without thinking, okay, we need to be out by this date because by this date we're back on the road. It allowed us to just write a ton of songs and then, throw away the ones that we weren't really passionate about and only keep the ones that we were passionate about. And um, so I'm just really excited about all the new music that we wrote because they are songs that I always wished that I could write but never really found the way to write them. Awesome. Do, mm-hmm. are, can we expect some more bilingual songs? Oh, definitely. Awesome. <laughs> that's how we go. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I think that's part of what distinguishes you guys from a lot of the other bands in the scene is that you do have that, you know, that, that whole background of, um, you know, a little different sound that you infuse into the reggae rock. And, and I, for one, love it. I think it's really original and, and I think it really adds a lot. And so when can we expect some of this music to come out? Well, we started tour in August and we're going to put out a single, uh, in a couple of weeks. I mean, we don't have a set date yet. I think right now we're just, we're, we're shopping it. We're getting it ready, doing the music video. Um, but here in the summer, we're going to, we're going to start putting out the music. And then I think the record will eventually be out after the fall, but Great. a couple of singles will get sprinkled here and there uh, in the next couple of months. Awesome. Yeah. So That's got to be so difficult sitting on that, knowing that you have all these awesome songs to share and then sitting on them <laughs> until fall. I would never be able to do it. <laughs> Man, That's why I shop last time. minute for presents because I just want to give them to you right away. So I have to wait. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I want to do, but nobody else in the band agrees. They think, hey, let's get the video, the music video first. I'm like, nah, let's just put the music out. It's so good, you know? But, yeah, I guess it helps when you have seven other people kind of helping you stay focused. Because I'm very, very scatterbrained, you know, and, and I just, I'm very impulsive. So to have seven other people kind of keeping you, you know, grounded is like, all right, fine, I'll wait. It's a I'll good balance. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's how I... It's tough to wait. And you're, you're also a businessman. So it seems like every time I talk to you, you've got some other side project you're working on. Anything that's going on right now that you can tell us about? Um, <clears throat> well, pretty much. I mean, my, my main focus right now is just this music and getting it out. So I've kind of... We had the Fayuka beer that was doing really well here in Arizona. Uh, we had it in 
a ton of bars and we hit retail. We had it in Sprouts, Whole Foods, which they're like the, like the farmer's market uh, yeah. the stores out here. We had it like at Sprouts, Whole Foods, uh, AJ's, which is another one. We had it at BevMo, Total Wine. Wow. And it was, it was going great. But through the pandemic, we lost our steam because the brewery had to close down. Oh, so eventually gosh. we abolished that, that, that beer. Um, but, you know, we're still talking to other breweries now that things are opening up again. We're talking okay. to other breweries to, you know, brew the beer and, and, and get it out again. Cause it was, it was doing really well for us. I mean, people liked it. It tastes delicious. We were doing beer festivals and the beer festivals were, were doing pretty decent and we want to get back on that. But I think that, uh, first things first is we got to get the music out and just kind of focus on one project at a time. Yeah. It's got to be tough having so many balls in the air and trying to figure out, you know, prioritize where you need to focus, that kind of thing. Yeah. You can spread, you can spread yourself a little thin and then nothing, nothing really work. Everything's kind of working, but it's not, nothing is really like, ex, you know, excelling. You know? Yeah. Um, so so definitely just focusing on one thing at a time and trying to trying to do trying to put as much effort into one project at a time so that we could try to do it you know have it work at its highest capacity i guess sure what are some of the things that you really like about the music industry or about you know being a performer <laughs> i think i love the community mm. i love the fact that uh, you know when I had this uh, this uh, what is it the aha moment when <laughs> the, aha. We, the aha moment yeah we were in we were in in New Orleans and Three Eleven was doing their tour their uh, their you cruise tour? oh okay no they were doing the, that Three Eleven cruise yeah and they had a pre cruise show at the House of Blues in New Orleans and you know we called up a friend who who worked at the House of Blues and he got us tickets and we were able to go see the show but. You know, the show was great. You see 311, they're an awesome band. The crowd's great. But the aha moment was when we were hanging out in the bar at the House of Blues before the show and after the show. And there's probably like, you know, five, 600 people at this bar. Half of them don't even know each other. But they're talking and acting like best friends. Mm. And I think it's because that, that community that that band has been able to build. Yes. Uh, they're talking about, oh, you got the purple bracelet. I got the yellow one. Oh, I got the yellow mm-hmm. one here. And then they just start connecting over this band and all of a sudden they're friends. You know? That's cool. Um, so that was the moment where I thought, oh man, like this is, this is awesome that there's such a sense of community in the scene. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we can go on on a tour with a band that we've never met in person before, but three days into the tour, we're hanging out in the green room. Like, like we've been, touring for years because we know each other from the scene. We've heard of each other. We listen to each other's music. Uh, same goes with the fans where, you know, you're on tour with a, with a band that <clears throat> in a town that you've never been to before. And you're starting up a conversation at the merch table with, you know, one of the, one of the fans and all of a sudden it's almost like you're just accepted, you know, you're accepted in, uh, you're having conversations about things that, you know, some similarities. It's just, there's like a sense of community that, that I really, really uh, adore in the, yeah. in the music industry. Um, the festivals are, are a huge thing. Like when I went to the Cali Roots thing where I, where I played at your tent, 
just the way that everybody was just like mingling with each other. Um, you could be standing next to a complete stranger and, you know, they're shaking your hand and giving you a hug, singing, you know, a stick figure song with you. And you're like, oh, <laughs> I don't even know you. You're sweaty. You're stinky, but I'm accepting it. Come here, buddy. Give me a hug. You know? it's just, I just, I don't understand. I don't understand. Like, I wish I was a psychologist. So I could understand the psyche behind this whole thing, but like mm-hmm. the way that people are just able to, to just connect instantly because of yeah. a band that they like that, that for me is, is what I like the most. Yeah. yeah I definitely see that at the festivals. Right. And I, I don't, I'm sure it's like that with other genres too. I mean, I can only assume, but I happen to think just the whole reggae rap community is so fun because of that, because of that, you know, just shared love for the music and the bands and the, you know, the people in general, I think um, it makes for a great environment. You know, people can bring their kids or, you know, whatever. And it's just, it's very laid back and mellow. And, and I, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's great. So what are some of the challenges that you face in the music industry? Mm, you know, there's so much uncertainty, you know, mm, do yeah. we, do we do we go to California in the fall or do we go to Texas in the fall? Right. Uh, do we put this single out first or do we put that single out first? Um, the, the pandemic happens. You know, you have all these tours booked and all of a sudden everything is gone. And you're like, there's, there's this, the, it, it, it gets a little challenging when, you know, because the, at the end of the day, we're, we're artists. You know, we just want to put whatever is moving us at the time and inspiring us we just want to put it out and hope that that our fans will will accept it and like it um and that the new fans will understand it and then accept it and like it you know and keep growing mm-hmm. that community and you know there's a lot of challenges in that aspect because you you put your heart and soul into every little thing that you do everything from the cover art to your merch designs to the pictures you put on instagram to the way that you communicate with your fans, to the songs that you write. And then you just throw it out there into the universe and you don't really know if it's going to resonate the way that you hope it does. Right. You know, that's a little challenging. Luck- lucky for us, I think that everything we've put out because there's so much, I guess, like passion and truth behind it. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, it's resonated well with our current fans and we've been able to make new fans, but Every every new single or every new record, it's just like, uh, are we doing the right thing? Should we go to A minor or A major? I don't know, man. You know, <laughs> yeah, um, that gets a little challenging. Also, just like, you know, the the traveling can get a little extensive sometimes. Um, you just beat up your body being in a bus for so many hours. Um, that could be a little bit, you know, draining sometimes. But I think that when you're doing it. <laughs> for the passion of it, you don't realize that you've been awake for 24 hours driving cross country to make it to a show, to load in, to play your show and mm. play like you've had a full night's sleep, you know? Um, <laughs> right. like, Cause you can't give a half-ass show, you know? Right. Um, so those things can be a little bit challenging, but I think, uh, and that's, I'm just, I'm just picking those things out cause you asked the question, but I think in reality, right. um, I, I love my job. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't, That's awesome. I wouldn't, I, there's people who would, you know, Oh, well, we had a label manager. He used to say like, there's a, there's a thousand people in your, you know, in your, in your community who 
who would give their left testicle to be where you're at. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> right. And playing, you know, playing a show where nobody shows up or, you know, playing a show and you know, whatever it is, like, you know, I, I love what I do and, and really the, there's challenges, but I don't think you see them as challenges when, when you do it for the right purposes. For that Absolutely. Reason. Absolutely. It also, I think, builds the, the character of the band as well, having to go through those times of, you know, playing to a, an empty bar and all that kind of stuff. Um, uh, someone that we had on the show a while ago, who's one of my favorite artists, Frank Turner, has a song that is one of my absolute favorites called Four Simple Words. And he's got a line in there that says, I want bands who have to work for their keep, uh, drove a thousand miles, played a show with no sleep, sleeping on the floor of a stranger's place hungry just to do it all again the next day. And I think that so perfectly captures, you know, the, the, the passion that you have to have for what you're doing and the sacrifices that you make. And even though most people, all they see is, you know, the adoration of the fans and you're up on stage and everybody's clapping and buying you drinks. And isn't this such a great lifestyle, but there is so much that happens behind the scenes that right. a lot of people would give up from having to deal with all that crap, you know? So I do think it, it tests you, but it also creates um, you know, people like you who appreciate what you have and the success that you're having. So I think that's wonderful. Yeah. I mean, those lines hit the nail right. I'm like, I'm thinking like, oh, why didn't I think of that? That's <laughs> <laughs> it makes well, so love, much sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love to hear you say that, you know, it's, it's about performing and, and you love playing the music, whether you're at a huge festival or you're playing in front of 20 people in a bar, you just love to get up there and play because I think that's so important. And sometimes you do hear musicians that kind of complain like, uh, well, you know, it was a shit house last night. And, it was, and you know, I, Kelly, your brother has one of my favorite quotes ever. He said, if they weren't paying to come and see me, <laughs> I would pay them to come see me. And right. it's just because he wants to get out there and play. And uh, I think that shows so much in your music. You guys right. have such a, a unique sound. Who are some of the bands that influenced you and who are some of the bands that you guys are listening to now? I always wonder, like, are musicians rolling around listening to their own CD in their car or like, are you still allowed to like other music as well? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm going to say this and it doesn't leave this room. Okay. Unless it goes on the podcast. I'm just kidding. No, uh, <laughs> I'm the guy that wears my own band t-shirts and listens to my music on a, on a road trip, you know, um, mainly because I like, what is it called? Is it called oodling? No, what is it called? Where you, you like, you like, a, I'm thinking about it in Spanish, but I'm trying, where like, you know, you, you, you create something and you sit back and just admire it for a little bit. Yeah. Even if there's like, you know, some cracks or whatever and whatever you do. But um, mm -hmm. no, I mean, I listen to my, to my, to my own music, uh, mainly just to kind of analyze what we did, what we're going to do next, you know, did, did I say those words right? Could I have said it differently to, to, you know, make it a little bit clear, like what my message was. So definitely I had to listen to my own music, but I think that um, my, one of my biggest inspirations is there's a band called Thrice. Are you familiar with them? I think I have like heard a, of them, but I couldn't you know, hear the song. I'm not. Thrice, um, a lot of like Spanish, you know, old Spanish music that we listened to growing up. Um, Frito Rivares, uh, some old salsa singers like Mark Anthony, um, Roby Draco Rosa, which he used to be one of the guys in Menudo, which was like a little, like a boy band, you know. Yes, I remember Menudo. 
And um, apparently, Anna, our producer, knows thrice because she, as soon as you said that, she just texted me, "OMFG, thrice." Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, every every now and then, I'll get the comment of like, you know, you should start a band, kind of like thrice. I'm like, uh, funny that you say that because I love thrice. You know, um, but they're, they're nowhere. They're you know, they're like a rock band. Yeah. Um, Let me. I'm thinking these must be song titles. She's sending me "Black Honey," yeah. "Stare at the Sun," "Beyond the Pines." <laughs> she is a, she know, she she's knows, a music she encyclopedia. Yeah. yeah, she knows it all. Cultura uh, Profetica, Gondwana. A lot of like like the Latin reggae bands were huge, huge inspiration for us because it's reggae, but it's not what you hear in like right. the SoCal reggae scene or like the American reggae scene. Uh, these international reggae acts, you know, from South America and Mexico they bring an element of like cumbia, salsa mm. uh, into reggae. And you could hear a lot of that in our music. Um, and, you know, the bands that I'm listening to now, I love the movement. I, yes. I play them a lot. And every time I hear their music, I'm like, God, what a good fucking song. Yeah. Yeah, um, great. And, you know, just every, every band that's kind of right now, like in like the American reggae scene, definitely like, you know, I'll, I'll put them on, on my Spotify, like, you know, your tribal seeds and, and stick figures and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, sublime throne, you know, just every, every band that's in, in the, in the scene right now, definitely those are bands that, that I listen to and can appreciate their art. Soja is one that I put on repeat a lot. Um, and I could really appreciate the art, the talent. Um, but what we grew up on was a lot of the, Latin cumbia, Latin reggae bands, salsa music. I'm I'm Puerto Rican, so I grew up listening to salsa a lot. Um, and uh, that stuff kind of just it, it comes out in our music. We could we could be in the middle of a of a reggae, you know, writing a reggae song, and then all of a sudden it changes into some cumbia because mm-hmm. one line or one note just kind of inspired this idea from this song I listened to when I was seven years old, you know, and my dad was like cooking in the kitchen, playing his records, you know? Nice. Um, I don't know. That's kind of where we sit. I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of the bands I mentioned, you're probably not familiar with them. Uh, I know, no. but I want you to keep, I want you to keep mentioning them because they sound so cool coming out of your <laughs> mouth. I just, I, I was just, I was going to be like, so are there any more uh, Latino artists that you can tell us about? Just, just, just keep going. <laughs> Fabulosos Cadillacs. I mean, there's a ton of. Them. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, I, I'm digging it. I like it. Um, yeah, That's- it's uh, it's amazing how you're able to mix it, you know, and and have that fusion in there, and it flows so well. And it's it's funny because you know I, I wouldn't think you know uh, like a, a Latino type reggae band like. I don't know. You wouldn't think that those worlds would mesh so well, but you guys have found such a, a great rhythm with it. Well, thank you. Yeah. Um, again, I think, I think it comes down to just when you do it <clears throat> naturally, uh, because it, it's what just naturally comes out of you. It's so believable. You know, we could do a, yeah. an English song and then throw in Spanish lyrics and then, and then play it in front of a bunch of people who don't speak Spanish and they're still singing along with you. And I'm like, what oh we have a song called Porque Seguir, which is uh it translates to yeah it's like a political song right and my horn player uh, Danny he would do harmonies when I'd sing the chorus and it's like Porque Seguir Porque Seguir it's like a punk song 
Mm-hmm. And one day I'm hearing him, I'm like, hold on, dude, what are you saying? Like, he's like, it's destiny. I'm saying it's destiny. I'm like, oh, he's like, it's destiny. It's destiny. <laughs> but, you know, he believed that those were the lyrics. And he's like, I don't know what you're saying, but that's what I wanted to say. I was like, all right, <laughs> keep it going. <laughs> you know, um, because it just flows so naturally. Because I think, you know, it was, it just came, it just it's what came naturally to us that, you know, he was able to somehow connect to it, relate to it. And, you know, without us saying anything, he just started singing harmonies and it was great. Yeah. Nice. Um, I lot- love Fayuka shows because there's so much energy in the crowd. People are dancing and in a way that, that I don't always see in other shows. I mean, people get into other shows, but I think it's, it's just that whole, you know, whether it's, it's the, the salsa flare or something, but, but there's just like so much great dancing and excitement and enthusiasm. It's like being at a party and right. everyone's totally into it. Cause it's hard for me sometimes if I go to a show and the, the crowd isn't really into it. Cause I can't listen to music without moving, you know, and, and you feel awkward when you're the only one dancing in the whole crowd. And so that trust me, that is not a problem at a Fayuka show. Every time I've ever seen you, it's just the crowd gets so into it and, and it makes it really fun. Well, that's awesome. I've seen you dancing. I've seen you dancing at our shows. I'm like, come on, Kelly. Come on, play the stage <laughs> <can't>, and dance. <laughs> I can't not. Yeah, I'm not coming on the stage, but I can't not dance when I hear music. I don't know. It's just. Well, thank you. Yeah. It's in my. Brain. I'm the exact same way, and that's why I get such funny looks at the grocery store. Um, <laughs> Mind your own business, people, okay? (laughs) Don't worry about what I got going on over here. You see the headphones in, all right? I'm going to get my rice-a-roni how I want to get it. um, Moonwalking, dudes. That's right. That's right. right. Respect Um, the vibe. So for our listeners who are checking out this episode and now we've got them hungry for your sound, maybe if they're not familiar with you already and they're like, all right, I'm going to look up a song right now and see what I think about these guys. What's a good introductory song? What song would you like to use to introduce yourself to somebody who's never heard the band? What should they be typing into their Google machine? Ladies and gentlemen, introducing. Uh, No, I think... uh, (laughs) My favorite song that we wrote, uh, there's one called Other Lovers. Wow, oh, that's a great song. Sorry. That song. <laughs> I, I, that's one that I You and Danny to. wrote that, right? Yeah. Danny, well, I think the reason why I love it so much is because Danny wrote most of it. Uh-huh. And we were kind of lacking a chorus. And Danny, come, you know, he came into the studio like, hey, I got this song. And I don't know if it's going to work for Fayuka, but, you know, he kind of came a little like, tail between his legs he wasn't he was a little nervous to present it to us because uh-huh. at that time he wasn't really writing with me he was mainly just playing horns and giving me suggestions on chord changes and stuff and <clears throat> the way he wrote the, the lyrics in those verses i thought were great you know you uh-huh. could really feel he was coming from and we were lacking a chorus and we decided to to start spitballing melodies and words and then mm-hmm. we came up with this chorus you know together and when that whole song came together and it was finally finished, that's one that I love. And I think that, you know, it's, it's a heartbreak song, you know, but mm-hmm. it's got like a full reggae, you know, like a, uh, I would say kind of like a, like a poppy structure, but it's not like a pop song. Yeah. Um, it's very melodic. I love other lovers. Um, the Spanish stuff, there's one called Valiente Soñador, like the Valiant Dreamer. Um mm. It's on the powerful record. That that one I think really kind of 
just puts out Fayuca's like the Latin reggae band because it's got like the Latin horns, it's got the Latin cumbia beat, but with like the reggae skanks, you know. Um, so I think that if it was, if somebody listened to us for the first time, I would probably play them Other Lovers and Valiente Soñador. Good um, choice. Now, <sighs> the the powerful record is the the one that uh, Justin Oltisvig did the artwork for, right? Yeah, yeah. Which what a great was. Isn't he wonderful? Yeah. So for those who don't know, he did the artwork for the House That Bradley Built album. And you guys did Caress Me Down on the album. Such a great cover. And you kind of gave me a little bit of shit about it when I suggested that you do Caress <laughs> Me Down. I don't know if you remember that. But I don't remember. You were like, are you know. just are you just asking me to do that because I'm the only one who speaks Spanish? Right, <laughs> I'm like, right. no. Like, I really think you do a great job. And you did. Thank you very much. I, I think my words were, of course, Kelly. Of yeah. course, you asked me to, to caress me down. Uh, why wouldn't? Why wouldn't you think of any other song for Fayuka? Well, I, I actually thought of quite a few, and I settled on "Caress Me Down" because I thought you'd do a good job, and it should have been a compliment, Gop. No, I was. Just yeah, the other one was oh, "Chico, My Tipo." No. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. It yeah. just, you know, that song. You really have to have to give it some, you know, some power behind it, and some sexiness, and some you know, some passion and, and all that, I think just kind of goes along with, with, you know, the Latino music. And I don't know, I just thought that would be a good combination. Then I felt so bad after you said that, I'm like I was pigeonholing you or something. And I'm like, no, no I said it teasing you. I was, I was, I was happy that that was one of the, one of the songs. Cause when we went into the studio to, to record it, I don't know if you remember, but I was really nervous about, Hey Kelly, do you want me to just do acoustic or do you want yeah. me to like, because I, I really want to, I really want to like re, remake the song, you know, and, yeah. and keep like the the element of it. Yeah, know? the album was originally the whole idea was everyone was going to do acoustic, but I know some ended up not, and so then it was kind of because I think I kept telling you, no, 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 it it should be acoustic, but <laughs> I think I said I don't want to come, I don't want to come underdressed to the party. Mm-hmm. So, so what? I, what you I did? did. <laughs> You're like, you know, just do whatever you want. It's like, all right. Matt Keller, let's get into the studio and 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 do the best that we can with the song, um, which I think that <clears throat> I'm very happy with how it came out. I was a little yeah. nervous because how do you take this band that you grew up listening to, right? That mm. you know, when you're a kid, you're listening to this music, and it's, it's always a dream to like, you know, like like when you asked us to do the compilation, it was almost like a dream. Like stick a fork in me, I'm done. You know, um, and we could we could do a really bad version of caress me down and then can you imagine all the comments <laughs> that i'd have to read through you know that'd be I, super awkward <laughs> i don't have that much you know uh, i i would crawl into a hole you know I oh. really <laughs> but well there's no way that would have happened we were happy with how it came out the approach to that song was that there were like there were elements in that song that really made it that, that if you heard it sampled elsewhere you would know that it came from caress me down mm-hmm. like um you know uh, the guitar tone or the whip on the snare whenever you know whenever he hits the snare there's like a whip in the background mm-hmm. um the the part at the end where he's like that's that loving sound and it goes kind of to uh-huh. like robotic robotic thing you know so uh-huh. we wanted to keep a lot of those things but rather than going online and trying to find samples of it we we try to recreate it with whatever tools we had at the, at the time so we try to recreate the whip by making a whip sound with our mouth and then you know kind of like distorting it and and eqing it and <clears throat> we um 
we got the music down and i'm like keller keller's our producer i was like keller this sounds phenomenal and then he's all right buddy grab the microphone and sing and i thought i would nail it on the first try Uh (laughs) and brad can hold his breath for a long time i'll tell you what because i'm i'm rapping through halfway the first verse and i gotta take a break to catch a breather you know so that was a little bit that was that was a little challenging and then to be able to switch from the english and the spanish i thought that um this is right up my alley you know i i I started when i started in music i was doing reggaeton which is like spanish Mm -hmm. rap yeah and i had to just kind of put my old you know reggaeton gabo hat on and try to remember what it's like to rap rather than sing mm-hmm. and um but once once i got into the groove of it I, and i locked in and i just closed my eyes and just i ran through it all in one take and it was it was it was pretty awesome how it came out i was, I was pretty happy with the way that yeah that we that it came out so thank you for suggesting that song because i was gonna do i was gonna do what was the one i was gonna do um foolish fool and who did foolish fool on the on the on the compilation oh. You're putting me on the spot now. Uh, I remember hearing it and thinking, wow, what an awesome job. Good thing I didn't get that one, you know? So, yeah, they all turned out so good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I that, that say, whole was it K-Bong? Awesome. I feel like it Yes, I, I think so. it was K-Bong I was gonna, I was, who did it. Yeah, I was just about to say, I'm pretty sure K-Bong did Foolish Fool. Yeah, yeah. he did. That's right. it, yeah, was, he did a great job. Did a great job on really it. Really great job. So, yeah. I was glad that I, that I didn't, I was glad that you didn't, that you guys didn't say, sure, take that one. Because, uh, K-Bomb did an awesome job. I would have had to read through all these comments about how I butchered the song. Yeah. You know, so. No. Caress Me Down Down was was an awesome suggestion, and I was really happy with how we put it together. Yeah, it came out great. I I thought it was perfect. Well, I've said this a lot on the show, and uh, it's been true every single time. And Kelly knows that I don't, I don't pull any punches. I'd put it out there either way. And uh, I was very nervous about listening to the album because um, I'm very particular about my Sublime songs. And uh, as I was going through the album, and as you know, each song came out, I was like, "Oh wow, that was that was really cool." That well, I like this one. That's my new favorite. And uh, you guys. <clears throat> Obviously, uh, Cress Me Down being one of my favorite Sublime songs of all time. I thought you guys did just a a phenomenal job. And uh, again, I've said this uh, to a few other artists, but there's there's definitely songs that you can hear and songs that you can feel. And uh, you can feel you guys playing that that version. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was just something that was uh, it was really cool to hear. Thank you. Thank you. You know, you saying that Brad uh, could hold his breath for a long time or sing without taking a breath, whatever you said. It was just he a swimmer? What? No, I'm sorry, go on. Go ahead. What are you saying? Oh, it, well, it just reminded me of two things that we used to do as kids that probably contributed to that. And I never thought about that until you just said at that moment. One thing we used to do is like when we were um, in the in the pool or, or even just like sitting in the jacuzzi and no one's, you know, there's really not a whole lot to do. Um, we would see how long we could hold our breath underwater. That was I don't know. That was like a, a fun pastime apparently. And so it was always like, you know, who can hold their breath the longest and we count blah, blah, blah. The other thing we would do when we were on, um, my dad had a little sailboat when we were growing up. And so we, you know, do a lot of sailing trips and stuff. And, um, in the evening, again, not a whole lot to do on the boat. And so we were either like, you know, playing poker with matchsticks or we were somehow matches played a lot into this. We would take a match and light it and then try to get through the whole 
phonetic alphabet before the flame reached our fingers, you know, Alpha, Bravo, Charlie, Delta, Echo, Fox, Star, Golf, Hotel, India, you know, all the whole like from A to Z. Um, and, and eventually we did learn to do it. But my point is that that probably in some way helped prepare him because he had good, you know, breath control and lung capacity and yeah. all that. Prepared oh, yeah. and, and he was 27 yeah. when he recorded yeah. it too. That that also well that does help too. Yeah, you know you got to remember saying. Brad's 28. He'll right. always be yeah, which is Brad's 28. Super irritating to me. You know, God, but somebody came up to me to show in time and asked me if I was Brad's mom. Oh I was really? Super happy about that. Yeah, <laughs> really made my day. Like, no, I'm his younger sister. He okay. gets to be 28 forever. That bastard. But. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's a thing, you know? Yeah, it is. It's very Probably. irritating. Um, but yeah, yeah, definitely that song. He and, and I was thinking, I was like, hey, Keller, do you think that maybe he's rapping and then they cut the tape and then they said, okay, punch in here? And Keller was like, no, nah, dude, you got to do it all in one take. He's, it sounds like <laughs> he's doing it all in one take. I'm like, damn, man, that guy. <laughs> uh, You're damn right they were doing it all in one take. They were paying real studio money this time. There was no time to fuck around. This wasn't, this wasn't in the flop house at Dana Point. They were, let's go get it done and get off that mic. That's yeah. Right. I mean, I think we didn't want to cut any corners on that, on that caress me down. Mm. Person. So I, 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 I really try to convince Keller to let me just do it in multiple takes because I need to catch my breath. And wow. Which you could hear it. There's a part where he goes, where it's a, on the version that we did where it says, where he goes to the right kind of loving on Sunday morning. If Now that I told you this, you could probably hear it. You yeah, I'm going to go listen. <laughs> you can hear on that line, when I say Sunday morning, I'm like, Sunday morning. Like, I'm just like, <laughs> You're losing it. <laughs> yeah. And I said, hey, should we redo that? And he's like, no, this is perfect. Just Awesome. I've Bradley done it. I was like, probably in one take. There you go. You know, one take. Right on. Oh yeah, I'm totally gonna listen to that after the show. <laughs> Yo, you'll hear it. Yeah, yeah. You'll Honestly, it. that was that was what made Sublime Sublime, right? They were just like perfectly imperfect at yeah. times. And um I, I think yeah. it's great that you didn't that you didn't cut that out. I haven't caught it yet. You know, I'm gonna go look for it now. But yeah. um so <laughs> Obviously, there was, uh, you know, there are so many bands and there's only so many songs to go around. You got Crest Me Down. You guys killed it. Um, but if you somehow, if there was a lottery and you had first pick, what song would you have wanted to cover? Caress Me Down. I'm not going to change my mind. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, right, good. After, after all said and done and after I heard how it came out, um, I, I think that that's, that song, you know, was was great uh well, being right love being right i've been getting a little shit because <laughs> i've been letting some guests slide on my uh on yes. my normal question here so i'm not gonna let you off the hook um if you just ran into a fan and you guys were talking music and they never heard of the band sublime and you were just blown away and they're like hey i'll give you one chance to hook me on this band sublime you play one song and and that's it what song would you play for them to encapture the true sublime essence in your opinion wow. It's a hard one because <clears throat> there's so many good songs, right? Um, what's the one that goes, I feel like I'm going to break. Is that How to Doubt? How to Doubt, there yeah. you go. Yes. Um, I had that one on a burn CD, so I, don't, I never learned the title of that one. 
when I was like high school, someone was like, Hey, listen to this band. I was like, Oh wow. Blew my mind. But, um, but I don't think that most people would get hooked on that one. Right. That's like a novelty song that, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a good one. You know what song I, I, uh, uh, I'm say, uh, in the same in the end. Yes. Uh, love that one. What a great song. You know, mm. uh, and then it ends with that with that like guitar lick, which just kind of mm-hmm. ties that whole song together. Mm-hmm. If somebody was into like the ska punk scene and they wanted to know what their best song was, I would say that that song is awesome. Um, I can't Good play choice. it and sing it at the same time because it changes chords in this weird timing that like for some reason my brain just doesn't doesn't do it. Um, uh-huh. And I've tried to cover it before and I always butcher it, but. I think that's a great song. The melody, the 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 energy behind it, the drumming is so clean. You know, yeah, uh, that's a good one. No, no, but not that one. I think uh, uh, <laughs> great. Uh, this is my favorite yeah, one so far. <laughs> <laughs> what about Seed? Yeah, that's, that's an a awesome great song, song too. I don't know. Jay, you're you're asking me a hard question here. <laughs> I don't know it's how a to tough one. That's what. Listen, this is this is the highest of journalistic ability here. So <laughs> I have to. Yeah, got to ask the tough questions, man. I'm sorry. No, but yeah, there you go. A- any one of those songs, I think, would be would be. Uh, All excellent choices. Would be great. Yeah. Yeah, there's just so you know, there's no wrong answer. Uh, there's not a bad song in the catalog, as far as I'm concerned. So I always ask people that, and they're like, "Oh shit, that's it." And like, it's not like they're gonna be like, "Oh, it's Seed," and I'm like, "Wrong fucking answer, buddy. Pick a different one. That song sucks." You know, so it's it's all it's all a preference. But I think it's just been amazing that we've literally had uh, what we're. This is probably recording number 31 or 32. And I, I mean, maybe we've gotten the same answer a few times, but everybody has their own answer. And, right. uh, and I just think it's cool to hear it and, and see what everybody thinks. Yeah, Definitely. yeah. No, that's a tough one, though. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad there wasn't a wrong answer because you would have told Kelly, hey, cut the podcast. This guy doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> I'm out. Yeah. Seed? Are you kidding me? Roll credits. Guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cut the podcast, Kelly. <laughs> so for everybody who's uh, who's listening and has enjoyed this interview, hopefully as much as we've enjoyed doing it with mm. you, uh, where can they check you out? Go ahead and plug all of your Facebook websites. If you guys got T-shirts or koozies for sale or cameos, whatever you got, let everybody know about it right now, man. Yeah, so I mean, everything is obviously on the website. You can listen to our music there. Uh, from there, you can stream directly to our Spotify. Uh, link to our Apple Music. Uh, it's just Fayuka. It's F as in Frank. A Y U C A dash music dot com. Um, but pretty much just um, if anybody wants to connect with us, I'm constantly on Instagram, responding to messages, liking pictures, and watching videos and funny memes. Um, <laughs> so I think just the it's just the handle says Fayuka. Um, Instagram is probably like the best place to connect connect with us, but to listen to our music. You know, whatever, uh, Spotify, Apple Music, Google Play, Amazon, all the, all that stuff. Um, or just a, a general Google search. You could find pretty much anything. Yeah, awesome. I, yeah, I like that. We had, uh, we had Graham Bonnet, uh, a musician on, and I asked him the same question, and he went... 
ah, shit, I don't know. Just Google Graham Bonnet and something will come up. <laughs> and it was like, it was, that was also like a really cool answer. You guys, you guys hear this ice cream man I got going on in the background I do. right now? I here? do hear it's it's you want to know why it's bad is because i am his like number one patron and he's like parked outside of my house right now like all right dude what's going on here i am um and i always play with i always pay with my card so he always charges me a little vig so i know he's making extra on me he's just sitting out there right now like okay i see the light on what's he doing so i i apologize to all of our listeners i can assure you i am not going to get the ice cream man yeah you know what happened was when your ice cream man so my kids are trained now right like they hear the ice cream man and they just perk up so when i'm on the phone and i'm watching them right here through the door and it, you could hear your ice cream man on the phone and as soon as like the sound got louder my kid just looks up and looks at me like are we going out for ice cream <laughs> so <laughs> my my ex's mother my ex-mother-in-law totally ruined it for me because um I'm, up until like six years old um, I had my first son convinced that that was the music truck that drove around to make everyone smile. And, <laughs> yeah, and then one day he walks in and he looks at me with just a look of utter disgust. And he goes, you know, they sell ice cream on the music truck. <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> they do. Um, yeah. So, and then so they, he was just constantly on the hunt for it. And then we missed it the one day and I like was chasing after the ice cream truck. And it was like this 18 year old girl who I'm pretty sure was like speeding away from me. Now I was in a high speed chase all because I needed to get that fucking SpongeBob with the little gumball eyeballs. And I'm like, waving her down and she's trying to go faster. I'm like, gee, yeah. So yeah, the ice cream truck has been, uh, yeah, I've had some, I've had some issues with the music truck, but yeah, my ex-mother-in-law it was, I said it was just for, uh, you know, it was just, it was going around for, for good morale. That's what it was I for. I love that. Make everyone smile a little bit. And now I'm fucking spending $6 a piece on, you know, little ice cream. Bitch. <laughs> and aren't those things the messiest ones of them all? Like, I'm like, can you not pick the, the ice cream in a cup? You got to get the SpongeBob popsicle. The worst part is, is it always looks all deformed too. Like the eyes are like never right. And the mouth is like droopy because it melted a little bit. And it's like, looks like this really scary SpongeBob instead of just like what it should be. And it's, uh, it's, it's the worst. And then their hands are, you know, tinted yellow and orange for the next 45 minutes, no matter how much you wash them. Um, and then, oh yeah, that's right. They're all sugared up for two hours. So yeah, that's super I, fun. I go down there and I'm like, hey, do you guys have the uh, vanilla cone with the melatonin dip? Uh, no, yeah. on, only only the cherry dip? Okay, fuck. Um, hey, so as, as a new father, you know, to these kids, to these, uh, the, you know, my kids are still young. I just got hit to melatonin like three months ago, maybe. And really? I didn't know what a great invention, by the way. Right. You know? and my, my pediatrician put me onto it. Man, it's good stuff. I wish I had your pediatrician because for for the last five years I've been there's this whole process to bedtime, and now I learned that I could just pop some melatonin and just wait till I see them getting all you know laggy and and their eyes are rolling. I'm like, all right, buddy, let's go to yep. the bed. 
Yeah. yeah. So I, I turned my former business partner on, he had a, a four or five year old who was just, just like my kid off the wall all the time. So mm-hmm. I tell him about these tired teddies that I ordered, which had like melatonin and some other vitamins in them. And they're specifically made for children. It was our pediatrician told us all about it. So he gets them and, uh, we're working a couple of days later and he goes, Oh dude, by the way, man, the, the tired teddy thing. Thanks. I'm like, yeah, man, of course. And he looks at me and he goes, and he's like, now he's dead serious. He looks at me and goes, but do you ever feel bad about how good they work? <laughs> and I'm like, no, man, I find my kids like sleeping in hallways and shit. Like they just, they, they just, they, they really try to fight it until they can't go anymore. And they're just like, oh, I'm out of gas. I'm going to run out right here. So yeah, it's, uh, I don't, I don't feel bad about it as a matter of fact, but mm-hmm. Um, I got news for you. They stop. They stop becoming as effective at some point. Really? Yeah. Well, he's all frightened. Yeah. Well, you guys don't even know. I raised two boys without melatonin, so it's possible. I don't know how people did it without it. It's just uh huh. In the old days, it was just I don't know. (laughs) Like the moment I learned about melatonin, I just I'm looking at the clock. I'm like, all right, it's eight. It's eight fifteen. I'm about to pop this melatonin in really quick. I don't want to deal with bedtime, and, and it's great. It's a game changer. Yeah, you're done in 20 minutes, sucker. You just watch. You just watch. You just watch the the dial just slowly go down yeah. on them. You're like, uh huh. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> do you do you give it to them for them, and then they just pop it in the? You know, they just eat it themselves, or do you like sneakily just kind of like walk over there and be like, "Hey, open your mouth, buddy." And oh, mine. <laughs> mine are like mine are like watermelon flavored and shit. My kids like my my eight year olds like dad. Is it time for my melatonin? And I'm like, oh my god, I wish. But no, here <laughs> it's not because if I give it to you now, you'll fall asleep in 20 minutes and you'll be up at 3:30 in the morning. Like, whew, just got my got my seven hours in. What are we doing for the rest? Right. Of the- <laughs> so, I always feel yeah. like the I always feel like the old housewife who like poisons the tea and gives it to her husband. You know, I'm always like, <laughs> hey buddy, come here. What's up, dad? Open your mouth. Close your eyes. <laughs> He doesn't care. He loves them. They taste like grapes, but still, I feel like I got to sneak it in his mouth. Oh, it's that's funny. <laughs> Good parenting yeah. tips here. Uh, yeah, that's great information. <laughs> yeah, no big deal. Just knock your kid out, and it'll make life a whole lot easier. <laughs> Listen, guys, I don't at me, okay? The shit's natural. My pediatrician told me to use it. I want to hear about it. And, and yeah. a good night's sleep is important for kids. Helps them grow. Oh, no, God. a good night's sleep is important for me for and, it helps, and it helps save them because I couldn't imagine what would happen if not. Um, uh. I'm all talk. I, I yell uh. a lot, but like it doesn't work on my kids anymore because they know I'm full of shit. I'm like, I'm, <laughs> I'm telling you right now, I'll spank you so hard you won't be able to walk for a week. And they're like, yeah, I'm 12 oh, yet. So uh, <laughs> not going to happen. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you very much for being with us on the show tonight, Gabo. We sure appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun talking with you, and I can't wait to see you guys again. I hope you have some Southern California dates coming up. Yeah, yeah. We'll be out there um, in November, I think. So awesome. uh, we'll be out there August 22nd. We'll be in Huntington if you're in the Ooh. area. It'd yes. Be great to, like, grab a coffee or something and hang out. Absolutely. But, Where are you uh, playing on the 22nd? Is it Sea Legs? Sea Legs, yeah. Oh my gosh, it's already have in my calendar. There? Three o'clock. Have you been there? <laughs> yes, I have been to Sea Legs. But yeah, the show is already in my calendar. I just went to check my calendar and make sure I was available, and it's already in there. Oh. Fayuka, Sea Legs, oh, sorry, three I o'clock. I got a show to go to, Gabriel. Sorry. I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. 
Well, aren't you super organized? <laughs> oh my gosh, I have to be. Life gets too crazy. But anyway, thank you very much for being on the show. We sure appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks, Kelly. Thanks, Jared. It's been awesome. Thanks for the chat. Oh, thank you, man. Well, Kelly, I don't know about you, but I could spend all day listening to Gabo mention all of his amazing Hispanic musical influences. And a little teaser um, is that we kind of record things in a weird order here, but um, that, that stinger that he did for us, that might be my new favorite stinger ever. Right. Yeah. He really does have, have a fabulous way of doing things and so much fun to talk to. And he's just a genuinely really great guy. I feel super fortunate that I had a chance to get to know him and hang out with him, have a couple meals with them, with my family. And he's just a genuinely nice guy. One of those people that, that you're really happy that they're doing well and succeeding because they're so great. And he's so talented as well. In fact, Fayuka is going to be playing this Sunday, August 22nd at Sea Legs in Huntington Beach. I'm so excited to see them. The show's at three o'clock and they're playing with ZC Keeley and Urban Life, also bands that I love. So it's going to be a great day of music. Anybody in the Southern California area, make sure you get out to Sea Legs in Huntington Beach this Sunday, August 22nd. And then they're also going to be playing with Badfish, great friends of the foundation, in September at Badfish's annual Nelson Ledges show, which will be September 24th through 26th, with a lot of other friends of the foundation, including the Elevators and uh, just great, a bunch of great bands. That's going to be a good time. So definitely um, check out Fayuka either uh, in Huntington Beach or on the other side of the country in Ohio. Yeah, it's so cool to see these bands that are working so hard. And um, it's just so neat to watch social media because you start to see them coming up on the marquees and getting booked on the bigger shows and playing with a bunch of the bands. And uh, I'm, I'm pumped for Fayuka. They've got some, uh, some big shows coming up. Uh, you can follow them on Facebook and Instagram uh, or visit their website. And uh, they've got a bunch of other tour dates that they're playing in between. Uh, so check them out, guys. We hope that you enjoyed the interview as much as we enjoyed doing it. You guys know why we're doing this, and that's so we can get Bradley's house up and running so the Knoll Family Foundation can help musicians who are struggling with addiction, regardless of their financial situation. Guys, in the description of this show, wherever you're listening to us, there will be a link tree. Go ahead and click that. There'll be all of the ways that you can find the foundation, find out information on exactly what the Noel Family Foundation is doing, information on this podcast, and of course, all the different links on how you can help and have your own little piece of this sublime story at the, uh, at the end here. This thing is yet to be done, and uh, we can all still be involved and, uh, and have our own little piece of the story, too. So it's something that's exciting as fans and followers that we can go ahead and purchase a T-shirt shirt or a hat or an autographed picture and uh, know that all of the proceeds are going directly to the Knoll Family Foundation to get Bradley's house up and built. And Kelly, I know that you and your dad and the foundation are so uh, appreciative and overwhelmed as the orders keep coming in and all the support that you guys have been getting. Absolutely. Every little bit really does make a huge difference. And also make sure to check out the house that Bradley built, the album that was put together by our great friends at Law Records. And you can check that out at law-records.com. In fact, that's where this song that you're about to hear is from. And this is Fayuka covering Caress Me Down. One of my favorites. Guys, thank you so much. Check us out on 
Facebook, uh, the Bradley's House Group. You can go ahead and find us on Twitter. The Knoll Family Foundation is across all platforms of social media. Thank you for joining us on this interview, guys. You don't have to go home, but it's time to leave Bradley's House. I'm Jared Orr. She's Kelly Noel, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Cause, mm, the girl caress me down, mm, and that's that love.